welcome to The Mary Mack Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. So how are you doing, my friend, my warrior? I certainly hope this week has brought you a little bit more peace. So I first wanted to thank you for all your support, your notes of support, for our new store, the Mary Max Store. We've had listeners telling us how much they appreciate having something so special for themselves or as a gift for others who are grieving. We're especially excited to share that we have t-shirts, not only for adults, but for children who are grieving, and that was really important to me. And if you didn't know, the Mary Max store's main intention is to help fund the Foundation for Grieving Children, which I established many years ago. I wanted something that would always plant dollars into the foundation for its work to benefit young people who have experienced the death of a loved one. So thank you for your purchases and your love. And please share the Merrimack store with all your family and friends. You can find it at merrimack.info and look for the tab at the top that simply says store. So today, in part two of Disenfranchised Grief, I'd like to continue with my thoughts on this subject. Certain types of relationships cause this complicated grief. Whether it's a boss, perhaps, who's married and who's having an affair with another married co-worker. When he dies, she simply can't openly proclaim her feelings for him. And of course, she needs to harbor her grief inside, trying desperately to act as if nothing is wrong. How does she handle this? It could also be a female married co-worker who dies and her married male colleague is grief-stricken. Or even one party was married and the other was not. The point is that the survivor is heartbroken and needs desperately to act like the person who died was just another colleague to them. Even when a pet is killed, people make us feel we're crazy for being so affected by their death. This was a fur baby who made your life so wonderful. They were there for you every day. When you woke up, when you came home, even when they slept with you. They traveled with you, and you loved walking them and suddenly they were taken from you. You're in shock. How could this happen? 
And on top of it, your family and friends really don't understand your pain and why you were so affected and can't stop sobbing. Sometimes you even endure the death of an adult sibling, and people think it's normal for this to happen and you shouldn't be so sorrowful. What is that about? As I mentioned last week, you might have endured the suicide death of a family member or friend. Maybe they overdosed on drugs or a murder among others, and you feel their judgment, which stops you from sharing your feelings. The problem with suffering in silence is that you don't have the support when you need it most. Bottling up intense feelings often lead to a deep sense of resentment, not to mention all the stress can take a toll on your body, which can make you vulnerable to illness. When you can't express yourself openly, it's hard to move through the grieving process. Disenfranchised grief can produce anxiety, shame, depression, insomnia, misuse of drugs and alcohol, and stomach pain. It can also cause problems with focusing on your work and everyday tasks and obligations emotional overwhelm and mood swings, and problems in relationships. You might feel guilty for the relationship you shared, and now you're feeling overwhelming grief. People may be wondering why you're having such a reaction to their death. You might be walking on eggshells, trying not to show your pain. If you can confide in others who already knew of your loss and pain, then do so. But if not, you can create rituals to help as well as these suggestions. Develop a box with all the cards, gifts, memorabilia that you share together to go back to later on. At least you'll know it's all together in one place and safe. You might write a goodbye letter, which you can attach to a balloon or place in your special box. You might make a collage of photos that you shared and frame it. Hold a lovely memorial in a significant place for you. Plant a bush or a flowering plant or tree in their honor. Light a candle in a certain place in your home just for them. Visit the cemetery long after the funeral. You might also ask for what you need from others that you trust. What you're feeling is natural and normal. All grief is messy, and sometimes in cases of disenfranchised grief, it's even messier. It's important to be wise whom you share this pain with, so please be cautious. Let's look at a few other ways to help yourself. If you want to attend a bereavement support group to express your pain, you can always find one several towns away where no one knows who you are. You can also find bereavement support groups for all types of loss by visiting marymac.info 
and clicking on the Grief Resources tab at the top, which will give you national organizations that you can call and find local groups for just the exact type of loss you are dealing with. In this world of virtual assistance, you can also use a fake profile and release your pain online in a social media group, changing your loved one's name if you prefer to. Now, many may feel this is somewhat disingenuous, but it's your life and your pain, and your experiences are really no one's business. One of my favorite Facebook groups is called I Will Remember You, Grief Support and Grief Quotes. They have nearly 100,000 members at this point, and it's an excellent way to release your pain, read others' experiences, so that you don't feel so alone. I will leave the link in the show notes below just for you. And if this isn't enough, it might be quite helpful to seek out a grief counselor. They offer a safe, judgment-free place to express and release your pain in the privacy of your conversations. Make sure you find a person with substantial experience as a grief counselor, not someone who's a social worker or therapist who helps married couples or a mental health counselor who helped a widow once and now they're telling you that they are completely qualified. Before you hire them, and yes, that's what you're doing, find out all their credentials. Ask them how many bereaved people they have helped before seeing them, and what types of death did those individuals experience. Also ask them how long those people were in session with them, because I don't want you to be in session with them for the rest of your life. I want you to be healthy, and I want you to use this as a way to release all those feelings and pain. There are also crisis hotlines, which I thoroughly encourage you to use, which are completely confidential, and they are free. And several are called crisis hotlines and suicide hotlines, but don't be deterred from using these excellently trained counselors who are waiting to help you. I will also leave the links in the show notes to my marymac.info website, where you will find telephone numbers for crisis hotlines all around the world in the tab at the top called Crisis Connections. Please don't suffer in silence. You deserve to release your pain so you can heal. Don't harbor this grief alone. When something happens like this in life and you believe or others are making you feel embarrassed for feeling this grief, use these hotlines and feel better. Also, should someone say something nasty about your feelings, don't you hold back from expressing yourself. If your ex-spouse died and someone is making light of it and it has affected you more than you thought, 
take the time to tell them that you are enduring a great deal of pain. Remember, hiding your pain can harm you emotionally and physically. Give yourself time to grieve in private, if need be, but don't you dare dismiss it. You loved them, and your grief is real. Find the venue to release this pain. So now, let's get up and dance, dance, dance. And I know you think this is probably silly, but just do it for me anyway, okay? joining me today. Remember to continue to write five things each night in your journal that you are grateful for. Visit my website at marymac.info and sign up for my email list as soon as possible so we can stay in touch and you'll receive my free book. Also click on the store tab to visit the Mary Mac store and share this podcast with those who would benefit from it as well. And as always, remember to be happy because you deserve to. I'll speak with you again soon.